Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Mountain Swire Basketball Podcast Edition. We're here. We're talking hoops. We're talking conference tournament, NCAA tournaments. That's the only major tournament, NCAA tournament. Nothing else matters. Eli Betker, here with the show. And That's right. You were down in you, Vegas. So you just completely uh, do away with NIT and CBI right off the bat. And CIT. Oh, yeah. And whatever happened to the Vegas 16, who even knows? It went to Vegas 8 in year one, and then God. <laughs> Maybe I should start it back up. Why not? You can do like the Seattle 8. I can just host it in my backyard or something. You got at least a half-court hoop to play three-on-three three or one-on-one? We could do three on three. I can okay. get a hoop up. Maybe we can get it sponsored by, I don't know. Starbucks there in the neighborhood, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, we can make that work or like a local taco truck. Howard Schultz has the money. He can help you out. <laughs> That's right. I'll try to get some funding. <laughs> All right. So if you checked our website this weekend, everybody did, mwbar.com. So I have a big question for you. You're in Vegas for tournaments. Um, there's two things I want to bring up that are very important. One was po- after the tournaments and the championship game. Or or possibly before, did Uh-oh. you go to the two food locations we talked about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'll tell you this much. Ah, oh, it's a no. I know it. It's going to be a no. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I, I went to In and Out after the championship game. Okay. So I checked that box. That was the only box that I checked. How was that? Um, it was good. It was good. I thought the fries were eating quick. Like very overhyped. They are. They're, they're when they're pretty hot. They're good, but they're they are overhyped. But they're not bad. But if you like skinny shoestring type fries, they're kind of like yeah. Bad, but and what, I don't mind that style. It, it was solid. But I would say that the burger itself is pretty comparable to what Dick's Burgers is in Seattle. Interesting. So I don't know if that's a hot take, but I, maybe. I, I mean, it could it could go either way. Like I don't think. It was a good burger, but I don't know if it's substantially better than what we have up here with Dick's. So oh boy. That's, what, that's my take. Is he just a regular burger? Do you anything yeah. specific? No animal style, anything special like that? No, nothing crazy. Okay. I wanted to see what their their standard burger is like. But it's, it was good. I no, enjoyed it. It's, I'd say it's a well above average burger, but like, yeah. I don't know. There's a, play, a quick story time. So uh-huh. it came to Utah a couple years ago. Part of the reason it came to Utah, because he used to, like, I think, only be in California, a couple in Vegas and like Phoenix or Tucson until they kind of expanded a bit more. There's this place called Chatters, total ripoff of In-N-Out, total ripoff. <laughs> like the menu looked the same, the uniforms looked the same, the restaurant looked the same, the palm trees that that design, even some sort of like quote like special sauce or something like like animal style thing. And I'm like they were gone like at six months in those locations. I think most of them oh, turned into In-N-Out. <laughs> and it wasn't perfect. even. I just I'm like I'm like sure if it's close I'll give it a try. It was not as good, but. But you're right. Fries are overrated unless you eat them when they're quick, when they're hot, because those type of fries can cool quickly. Yeah, Bur- it, it, it was a little bit while after once I started eating. Yeah, burgers are pretty good. It's well, it's better than any other typical fast chain. It's well above that. But meh. so was I Dick- was I was starving, so that hit the spot. So I, okay. I was very very much pleased. I, I get their protein burgers sometimes. Those are pretty good. Lettuce wrap. Those are nice. Mm. And then uh, I know they do a tomato one, which is kind of weird. Never tried that where they put instead of bun they put tomato. I don't oh know. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure about that, but uh, but huh. no no canes. I take it no canes. No, I wanted to. It just didn't work out. I I really want to try it, but it, it just it wasn't in the cards. I'll say this: this might be controversial. Canes is better than In and Out. I'll say it. Okay, I I think I have seen that on Twitter a few times. Have you ever been to Exact? Have you heard Zaxby's before? No, I haven't. I don't know why people love that. They have some around here too. I'm like, it's like overpriced and. I can get the same type of chicken tender tenders at Walmart or Target Deli. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. It's and those are fine. Those are okay, but I don't know. It's it's whatever. Let's get to basketball. We're done food okay. chat. This is not the offseason football podcast where we talk food bracket, which hey, make him up. But basketball. So you're there in Vegas. Um, did you did actually this? Did people give you tips or congratulate you for your post game performance? Um. Yeah. Yeah. That was super fun. That was nice of a. Uh jesse kurtz to come over and have me on the show that was kind of just a lucked out opportunity but yeah, you were, was, honestly their fourth choice right 
What's that? You're the fourth choice because all the other teams are gone. There's only two teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, that was fun. I didn't really know what to expect, but uh, it's a new experience, and that was a cool thing to do. But it was a really good weekend to meet up with a lot of the people that I get to interact with on Twitter and through text and all that. It's always fun. So um, even outside of the basketball, just interacting with other people, it's always a good time. Yeah, no, it's a good tournament as well. Like, I think obviously Utah State won. Nevada lost to San Diego State again. Was that four and five now? Yeah. And I was kind of concerned because uh, some of the games, like early on, like the favorites were not looking too good. Like Utah State struggled a little bit. Uh, Nevada, San Diego State, and opening round, like Air Force had some run outside of uh, Fresno with their 20 something point victory. But was there any concern in those first couple of games? Like, hey, we might have a wild tournament where like the sixth seed or fifth seed or something goes to the championship game? It was looking like that. And it's, it's kind of funny that. In the end, it was just one lower-seeded team in the entire tournament that won a game when San Diego State beat Nevada. But um, Nevada really struggled against Boise State. They trailed twenty-four to, or excuse me, twenty-seven to twelve early. They weren't looking very good. They came back and won that one. Boise State did hang around for quite a bit though, so that was a good forty minutes of basketball from then. Utah State struggled against New Mexico in their press, turned it over twenty-four times. It was a bit shaky at times. Um, and then Nevada again fell behind uh, double digits to San Diego State. Couldn't quite pull that come comeback in the end. They did um, manage to take the lead, but those final seven plus minutes they just fell apart. Utah State was much better in the semis, and then as we know, Utah State played from ahead in the second half after that quick 13-0 run to start the second period and was able to cut down the nets when it was all said and done. But again, really fun tournament and. Uh, even though there was only one true upset, there was a, a lot of chaos that went around and a lot of uh, lower-seeded teams that played pretty well. And then there's almost one. Well, I mean, almost beat New Mexico in that first round, too. Like That's right, yeah. Up like, come back. Oh, the whole way. But let me ask you about Nevada. Was Jordan, was the injury with Caroline out really that big a deal? Is that maybe not the excuse going around, but kind of a key reason they couldn't beat the Aztecs? Um, I, I've seen that pop up from a lot of people. I don't really know if it would have impacted that that much because as great of a player as Caroline is and as great he has been this year he's still struggled the last two three weeks uh, he just had six points against Boise I believe it was and he has been relatively quiet the last couple of weeks so I could see why he probably was held out for precautionary reasons against San Diego State and I don't know if that was enough to really impact the final score but he will He's supposed to be set to return when they play Florida in the round of 64 games. So that's that's good news for Nevada. But, I get, I, again, the Achilles has been bothering him throughout the season. And uh, I guess it's probably more serious than what Nevada was able to lead on. But that was a big surprise because no one really knew that this was even a possibility until right before the tip-off. And um, I remember Jalen McDaniels and I think Devin Watson also mentioned in the post-game presser, they didn't even know that he wasn't playing until the first media timeout of the game. Well, yeah, it was last second. It, it, it's things yeah. like, had he not played, they've San Diego State's beaten them with him in the lineup. So you could be right. Maybe the turnout or the final score would have been the same because it was, what is the 11-point um, game, 9-point game, 65-56. So it may, it may have made a difference. It may not have made a difference. But it's kind of surprising, like, oh. Because what did he play? I should have in front of me. What did he play the game before? Did he play, like, a full game? Yeah. I, I believe he did Interesting. Uh, play full minutes, yeah. That's weird. And so it's also kind of the flash forward. It may not have mattered because Nevada got a seven seed. Had they won the Mountain West Tournament and say they played Utah State, would they really be just what, just a six maybe? Like, I don't really know if it would have impacted things that at much, all. honestly. Because yeah. was Utah State, was there, are they now Q1 essentially for uh, a victory for, the, uh, for Nevada? Yes, uh, and Nevada was the... I'm trying to do this quick math right here. It looks like they were the second highest seventh seed. Okay. So they would have had to have leapfrogged uh, Louisville, and then if I'm doing this math correctly, yeah, and then and also Iowa State to get to a six seed. So I don't really know if a victory over San Jose State and Utah State would have done that much to change their overall seed, at least their seed line. Yeah, it's I don't know. I guess the only thing if they wanted to be a six, like. If you look at here's the thing. If you look, we'll get to finish all stuff in a second. But if you look where the six seeds are playing really quick, their goal was to get to San Jose or Salt Lake City to play, which would have been huge for people to come to town to make a reasonable drive. Now they're 
way out in Des Moines, which, whew. hey, you know what? Um, you know what Iowa has? They have the town called, oh, shoot, I'm going to say it wrong, but uh, Nev- we know it's Nevada. What is it? Um, Crap, remember that town? Oh, shoot. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's yeah, the other way played Iowa say. State in that first round game. What, what's the other way people say it? Because I can never say it the wrong way now. What, Nevada? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, that's right. There's a town called Nevada, Iowa. <laughs> and yeah, in Iowa, right. Nevada's playing in Iowa, so that could be a thing. Also, props to uh, Gumble. Is that the right way in the announcement of the team tonight? Yes, you can always count on Gumble. Uh, you'd hope so, yes, because they had it in the uh, whoever did the uh, the what was it the February top sixteen or something, and they said it the wrong way. Yeah, figures. But my point is, Iowa State number six seed Tulsa. Then you have uh, six seed um, Maryland is same is in Jacksonville, and then you have. Um, Where's the rest of this? Villanova's in Hartford. And then Mar- oh, I already said Maryland. See, Maryland, uh, Nevada. Sorry, I'm doing this on the fly here. 666, Iowa State, Tulsa. Am I missing another six seed here? I only see three of them. Buffalo, there's Buffalo was in Tulsa too. So had they been a six seed, it wouldn't matter. They'd still be not anywhere near the West Coast. They'd have to be at least a five seed probably, like take over Wisconsin spots, who's out in San Jose or Mississippi State or something like that. So – Winning the conference tournament wouldn't have given them that seed they wanted to have. Plus, yeah, the Q1 victory would have been nice. It would have been, what, their second of the year, I believe. Or same, did, no, that's Utah State. But it wouldn't have mattered. So that's all I'm getting at. The long way of saying, maybe they pulled a good old Rick Majerus in Utah. So, oh, who cares if we win or not? We're getting the same seed either way. Right. He did that way back in the day. He's like, ah, oh, Utah, we're going to be a two seed out in the West. Uh, maybe even a one seed occasionally, three seed. We don't need to play four days in the WAC tournament and play BYU, New Mexico, San Diego State consecutive nights. We're good. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I kind of question how much the conference tournament, besides the auto bids, really weighs into what the NCAA tournament field looks like because I, I know in large part most of these brackets and seedings are set at least days in advance, maybe even before – some of these teams enter their conference tournaments. So unless you're picking up some major, major wins or, again, punching your ticket via the auto bid, I don't know if it has that big of an impact. And then going back to what you said, regardless of whether Nevada was a 7 or a 6, they wouldn't have had a chance to play in San Jose or Salt Lake. Yeah, true. But it's, yeah, the, only, the only thing that really changed, like say San Diego State won or some like VCU, not or not VCU, but the A-Tank in the other bid. But like, Here's the way it should really happen. Sunday, get rid of any games on Sunday. Big Ten, Sunbelt, American. Because Cincinnati wasn't rewarded for beating Houston today. Yeah, still got that seven. Yeah, I, I've never been a fan of those Sunday games. It's nice from a viewer's perspective because I can just wake up and watch basketball all the way until the selection show, mm-hmm. so that's nice. But I would much rather have everything set in stone by Saturday night. The committee has the at least up until midday on Sunday to finalize the bracket, make sure everything's set. They don't have to do any contingency brackets and then just really roll the bracket out the way that it should be. But I guess it's just how it is right now. And a lot of it has to deal with money and TV deals and all that stuff. I guess if you're going to do games, make them just that first window of the morning, whatever it may be like the noon Eastern game. If you're on East coast, you can play a game out there. Heck, if you want to play, Central morning time. That's probably the only exception I'd make because a six Eastern Big Ten game tournament game goes into Selection Sunday. It's like, well, come on, what's it's they win or lose, you're not going to really change your seed or the American. It's like maybe play a game at noon, nine in the West Coast. You have one game, a couple hours, goes till two or three. You still have a couple hours just in case. I don't know. That's a I'd get rid of them, but if they want to play a couple games on Sunday, uh, the earliest possible, do it. But it's you're right i saw a bunch of tweets too oh it doesn't matter my team or this team here was here's all of our projections they're basically the same seed pre-conference tournament so mm, yeah but back to mountain West tournament real quick um can we give a shout out to devin watson yes he played basically with a lower back injury the entire tournament had what care year round or not year round but basically every minute of the day wore some sort of a back brace or some sort of sleeve i guess like a compression on his back and he still played all but let's see all but like eight minutes in the whole tournament this entire team was pretty banged up throughout the tournament and and i think it's part of just being as physical as they are and they've had to really dig for these victories unlv was such a hard-fought game when no one could score nevada game obviously a lot of runs and going back and forth that was a pretty hotly contested game Mm -hmm. and then utah state as well they had to come from behind to try to win that one but 
Yeah, these guys have been so banged up. Uh, Watson took a number of hits. Jeremy Hemsley got banged up, hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. Nathan Menza, every media timeout was being treated for his lower back. Also had a shoulder injury. Um, uh, McDaniels had to deal with foul trouble. No, it's not an injury, but yeah. he had to have his fair share of uh, issues. Both games, so, right? Final, semifinal, both foul issues? Yeah, he had, he had issues with fouls. So for SCSU to even be in the position where they were, where they could have cut the lead to I believe it would have been two points had Matt Mitchell connected on one of those threes in the final minute mm-hmm. to even be in that position given what had happened that weekend and the week before I think is pretty impressive um obviously they came up short of what they were expected to do but uh, again it's uh, props to Dutcher and what he was capable of doing with this team because they really had no business being in that position to get to the NCAA tournament again the same way that they did last year and then also a couple things like in that title game McDaniels didn't play very well all eight points had the foul trouble fouled out a decent defensive effort a couple blocks but I did like how um, Craig Smith put uh, Sam Merrill hey let me guard Devin guard Devin Watson out there you're tired you play all the minutes maybe he even though Watson played great the 18 points hitting all those three-pointers I figured that was kind of a smart move to not have him play on a guy who may not be running around the whole game because Merrill's basically played every minute forever, and it showed he's tired. He made only one three-pointer out of nine. Still put up a game-high 24 points, tournament MVP. But that's kind of my biggest thing with the Aztecs. I guess McDaniel's not playing great. Mitchell, both those guys played just okay in the title game, not very good overall. And they're still within striking distance of stealing that bid. Yeah, and Merrill's been just so good defensively. I know he gets props for what he does on the offensive end. I'm actually looking. It's been... He's scored over 20 points in every game he's played since December 20th this year when they lost to Houston. So he's been that good on the offensive end. But on the defensive side, he's always picking up the best uh, scoring guard that the other team has. He did really well um, against Watson and Hemsley. And he was he was just great in this tournament, um, really making his presence felt. I also loved how he played in the regular season, their win over Nevada, and he, he deed up Caleb Martin and Though Martin got his fair share of points, I still thought that he uh, maybe took away a bit of his efficiency in that game. So he's been great, and I don't think he gets quite enough credit for the defense that he plays, and that's because he is so good at scoring the basketball. So anything? what else happened at the tournament that you saw since you were there on site? Like any? We know we'll get to Menzies in a moment here, but anything else that kind of stood out for you for the whole weekend? Uh, I, was, I was a little disappointed with how Air Force played against Fresno State. I oh, thought that yeah. could have been a game that they could have gone air force's way but they were just completely out of it um had a really tough time scoring the basketball they only finished with 50 points but i thought fresno state played as well as they had all season and then they turned around and looked awful the following night against utah state Uh, utah state won that game by 25 after fresno state won the game before by 26 so just (laughs) it just a up and down performance for fresno state's team but i think they'll be fine um Boise State, I think that was a bit of a sign of what they might look like next season uh, with how they played against Nevada. I thought that was the best game that they had played the entire year. Uh, really good 40 minutes against the Wolfpack. Derek Alston, if he does return, if he doesn't go pro, I think he could be a legit outside contender for that first team all Mountain West. He really came on hot down the stretch, and you pair him with Justinian Jessup, Alex Hobbs, Marcus Dickinson. A lot of these guys are going to be upperclassmen next year. Boise State's going to be a fun team to watch. Um, so it was, it was a really good tournament. I think Nevada and Utah State projected to probably be the finalists of this tournament. Nevada came up a bit short again. So it's surprising to see what's going on with that team, their inability to get to the title game, let alone win it these last couple of years, even though they've been such heavy favorites. But that shows you just how hard it is to win three or four games on this neutral site. Um, even when the conference is considered down, Nevada has still had their struggles to win in this tournament. They certainly do. So um, do we need to start a speculation of uh, Leon Rice, Washington State at the moment? Oh, man. Are you buying into that at all? I, I don't see it happening. Um, Here's the thing. Pac-12 is pretty bad, even though they got three bids. I know my buddy Chris Dobertine, um wanted Pac-1 bid, hashtag, but that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Yeah. Pretty close. Stupid Oregon and I guess whatever. Um. Here's the thing. He's in a conference right now where Washington State could pay a lot more, clearly, just because of the disparity between the leagues. 
you go to Washington State, like how good are they really in basketball? Because Boise State's proven he can be at the top three teams every year in and year out, essentially. This year, an exception, obviously. Rebuild it, but he's been possibly like you can make the argument. Like he brought up Boise State for being basically nothing to a mountainous contender coming from the whack, and he's their best coach ever, I believe, in basketball. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but he's done really good, and he's possibly like outside of what Muslims come in and done so quickly, like he's what, number two in the co- of the whole conference in coaching, right? That be too. I wouldn't be too far stretched because Hudson year one, Dutcher year two, um, Craig Smith year one. Wyoming with Ed Allen over there, whatever, it's not great, but you put him as the number two coach in the conference, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I would. And so just based on mostly the years, maybe Craig Smith and Dutcher or Hudson could pass him down the road, but the only big thing is money. You go to Washington State program, they're not typically challenging for Pac-12 titles. They're fighting to get NIT bids, right? Yeah, for the most part. And Wazoo since, uh, excuse me, Tony Bennett left the program. They've been awful. They've been one of the worst power conference teams, uh, with exception to, I don't know, Boston College, California, some of those. Cow, uh, Cougars are 50 games under 500 since Tony Bennett left. And since Leon Rice became the Boise State head coach, he's 62 games above 500 with two tournament appearances. Washington State has zero over that same span. So you could even make the argument, despite being in the Mountain West, I do think Rice has a better chance of guiding his team to the NCAA tournament if he's with Boise State as compared to Washington State. And I know there's that big disparity with money and with conference affiliation, but if at the end of the day what you want to do is get to the NCAA tournament and win games in the NCAA tournament, I can't say with a ton of confidence that you're better off being with Washington State than you are with Boise State. Yeah, because Pac-12 isn't that much better than Mountain West like this year. The best team, best. Would you say Utah State and Nevada is better than any two teams in the Pac-12? Yes. Yeah, and it's like it's yeah, definitely. And so there's years where Pac-12 could be good, but Mountain West is more comparable to that than not. Money's a deal, but I I saw a rumor which I know it's completely far fetched. Let's bring Tony Bennett back. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Please, if he wants money and a real big challenge, do it. But I would say what you mentioned before: who's coming back? Like if they, I don't think too many. Guys, I don't think I heard a rumor. To, what's his name? May test the pro waters, but I don't think that's gonna be the case. He might pull. A, was it Marks? He did a couple years ago. Put his name in and come back for Boise State. But it's gonna be tougher to be the league because to win this league because Nevada's gonna be fine, and we'll get to more coaching offseason stuff because that UCLA job's still open at the moment. We'll see if Musselman's gonna be considered for that. I don't know, but he's gonna be there. Craig Smith is gonna have. He's doing great things with Kada and everybody else on that roster. San Diego State's typically going to be fine because I think Jalen McDaniels is going to be gone this year. If he didn't go last year, he's probably going to go this year, I'd assume. Fresno State is you got some good coaches around the conference. So it'll be tougher to win, but if if last if this year was Aborn out, jeez, anomaly. I guess sorry, I'm trying to think of the right word. Just he should probably stay unless they offer him. Because what are they going to offer him? Like to go triple his salary. It's like, yeah, well, what would it take? I know the USA Today came out with the recent, the new, like they always do the uh, coaching salary database. But if it if he goes, it's for money. If it's for basketball reasons, probably should stay. Well, and then that's the thing. And this is the reason why if you're a Boise State fan, I wouldn't even be all that concerned because Leon Rice has been offered these money-type deals before and he hasn't taken them. I believe he was tied to the St. Louis job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it two years ago? Maybe three years ago, and that would ago. have been an increase in salary by quite a bit, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't take that job, I, though. I do believe but he at least also, spoke with them. Yeah, but it's also the Atlantic Ten too. It's like, come on. Yeah, but like, man, Washington State is not in a great position right now with their program. They've they've been in a revolving door in terms of their talent. They've had so many good players transfer out of that program. They haven't been to the NCAA tournament over the last however many years. They've really struggled in the Pac-12 conference that has a bit of an identity crisis right now. So I don't really see, even though Rice is an alum of Washington State, I don't really see that many reasons why he would want to up and leave and go to Washington State. And I wonder if what Washington State can pay, because Ernie Kent was making 1.4, which is not too bad. You know what his buyout was since he just fired him? (laughs) 4.2 million. (laughs) Gosh. As of yeah, if it had been April first, would have been the new rollover to probably decrease the uh, 
whatever it's the new coaching year or something for salary wise, four million dollars to Garrett of Ernie Kent, four point two. It's are they going to are they going to spend up and and get high? I don't know because think about it. UCLA's open, Washington State's open, Arizona. Who knows with Sean Miller? You know what I mean. <laughs> and so that's right. You never know. There's a uh, some interesting things there and. Whew, so that's uh, the salary may not be there. And they're the lowest paying job in the Pac-12 as far as what's on this list here. Uh, I was trying to find what Rice made. I can't find this. is, I think, tournament teams or something from a year ago or a couple years ago or something. But I think he should stay because – I think he will. Selfish reasons, but also he let the court on fire. Come on. You can't do that again anywhere else. <laughs> and, and he's been talking so glowingly about – where this program is headed in the next couple of years anyways, at least over the last few weeks he has. They're really just really exciting for this Boise State program that had a down year, and I know the fans have been pretty upset with what this team has been this year, but to be upset about where they were at this season compared to what it was before Rice was even here, the fact that Boise State fans now have the luxury of being disappointed when the team doesn't win 20 games is pretty much a reality check of knowing where this Boise State program is and just how healthy it is because this program now expects to win at least 20 games every year and be a top three team in the Mountain West and that certainly was not even close to the case before Rice was here. Yeah, and I think that's a re- realistic goal for what they've achieved in the past. So let's go to the other coach. Um, How shocked are you that Marvin Menzies is gone? I was U- surprised. UNLV yeah. head coach no more. Yeah, I was surprised and everyone knows that follows me or has even heard anything that I speak about with regards to UNLV knows that I haven't been on the Marvin Menzies hype train. I I mean, he's been pretty average since he's been the UNLV head coach, but I still, even even with that in mind, I did not think he was going to be fired, and that was, I think it was Friday night or maybe it was Thursday night. I was um, talking to some guys down at the tournament and I told him I like I don't know how you could fire Menzies this early because he's pretty much been given two years to try to make UNLV basketball relevant because that first season he inherited that roster that was just so so terrible Mm -hmm. and they had hardly anyone returning 11 wins yeah and that and that season was at least in my eyes and everyone else's was just a wash and everyone knew that you just had to get through that and start building the roster for the next season. That's exactly what he did. It brought in Brandon McCoy, um, Shakira Juston, brought mm-hmm. in that really good class. Jordan Johnson was that transfer yeah. point guard. Yeah, and they had a good roster and probably didn't quite meet the expectations. We got to twenty wins. Easy, and soft, it, paper, soft schedule though. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, and then this year again, they were average. They finished eleven and seven in conference play, which is a good number but they didn't beat any of the top four teams nope 0 and 7 so uh my biggest gripe with the UNLV program is just that they've had such a lack of continuity with their roster the last half decade or decade they whenever they have players that are good they either transfer out of the program or they leave for the draft and it's so hard for the coach to really or the coaching staff to really make that work because if you have so many guys leaving unless you're a Duke, a North Carolina, Kansas, or Kentucky, and you have the luxury of bringing in five stars every year, you're just not going to be that good. There's there's no coach that's capable of bringing in three stars, Juco transfers, your occasional top 100 recruit, and making it work year in and year out. So I just I don't know if this is the right move. And if UNLV doesn't have a perfect plan in place to get that great head coach that they're looking for, I just don't know if this is going to end up being a smart move for the program. Here's the thing. They have a new athletic director, and they always want to make their own move. Do you want to be like, this is my hire. I'm going to do this. And I would have thought, if you get, like, hey, place a bet, new football coach, Tony Sanchez gone, or basketball coach, I would have leaned toward Tony Sanchez because he's been there longer, and he hasn't, and he had the terrible loss to um, – whoever the FCS team, I should know, but the FCS team a couple years ago, like the biggest blowout, or not blowout, but the biggest line defeat ever in like college football. And he's been around for like five, about, was he four or five years? I think he's going near five or six. But Menti's only three years. I figured, okay, UNLV, like you mentioned, Brandon McCoy could bring in talent. They still can get that top talent, which is good, clearly. 
You have a coach who can coach a talent and play well and move beyond that and get to victories. That wasn't there this year. It was okay. And he even said, remember the quote, the tweet and everything from that press conference, wait till we play some good teams, you'll know who we really are. Well, we kind of knew who you are. You beat yep. all the bad teams. You could not beat Fresno, San Diego State, or Utah State 0-7 against those teams in Nevada. So they're not very good, but I, I figured, okay, they'll probably do uh, – I think my point stands where they were probably a new football coach and basketball coach, but they can get it done and with players but not winning. It's only year three. But I think the AD wanted to make their choice. And like, oh, we can, this could be 1990. We could win national championships. I'm like, no. Talking like that's ridiculous and stupid. And I'll say, like, I put the, I mentioned a tweet as well. I'm like, hey, BYU and UNLV are living in the past. You're not winning another national title probably ever. Basketball is obviously easier. We know that. It can be done. But my point stands, you're living in the past if you think that's going to happen anytime soon. You're not getting Stacey Ogman, Larry Johnson, um, Dave, whoever, Dave, not Dave Rose, he played Houston, but State, um, Reggie Theus, all these guys that come in who were superstars and were blowing out Duke by 30 points in the Final Four. That's not going to happen again. Very, very minuscule. But they, she wanted to make a move, so she made the move. But you can't go up and say, hey, we're going to go back and be what it was. 1990 was um, how many years ago? 29 years ago? Yeah. That's a long time. And maybe, and also here's the thing that should be considered as well. They had Chris Beard as their coach. Who knows how it would have turned out differently, but they had to scramble to get Marvin Menzies to come to town. He was one of the choices at New Mexico State, did quite well, but he wasn't their first choice, not to, like excuses on him, but that changed a lot of things when you have to kind of find a guy. But three years is way too soon. They're going to be fighting with UNLV. Whatever you want to say about Washington State, they're going to be fighting for somebody, at least who some coach who wants a payday. There's going to be some domino effects. I'm pretty sure whoever goes to UCLA is going to probably be a current head coach somewhere at a decent-sized program. And so that'll probably put them above UNLV, who they can hire. I think she wanted to make a move to make a move. Like, what would have saved his job? Winning the conference tournament? What's the difference between beating San Diego State and not? You know what I mean? In that tournament quarterfinal. Would that have saved his job? Oh, you beat San Diego State, but you used to Nevada, lose to Nevada by 18? Is that really a job saver? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's something you have to ask. And then even going off of that, is there going to be a ripple effect in terms of what this roster looks like a year from now? Because we see it almost every time a coach is fired that at least a handful of players consider transferring out of the program. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but knowing with what's happened with UNLV the last few years, even when they haven't had a coaching change, they've undergone transfers so would not be shocked if again they lose some commits or a couple players transfer out of the program they do have some seniors graduating uh robotham's graduating cliburn's going to be gone juicen was slated to come back but i don't know if this impacts his decision at all to come back to unlv so for all intents and purposes you're probably setting your program back another year by making this move unless you hire some huge name like Patino, who I don't think they'll be able to swing. <laughs> yeah. I also saw a tweet today that UNLV reached out to Frank Martin of South Carolina, which, again, is yeah, that doesn't, like... Well, two things. Eh, and why would he leave? <laughs> I, I, like, I honestly like Frank Martin. I think he's a good head coach. But, yeah, you're right. Why would he leave an SEC job that he can compete? He went to a Final Four just a couple years ago mm-hmm. with South Carolina. And then... I don't think the pay incentives even there, and that's what they mentioned that Martin it won't even be close in terms of financial terms. So, well, and also the name itself, it's like unless you're like a diehard about college hoops fan and know what SC did a couple years ago, it's like that's so why I'm like, eh, who cares? Yeah. Like UNLV, like I'm like I'm looking at some tweets from Mike Gremla over at the Las Vegas Sun. They're like, this is a win now job. This is a this this hire is a big hire. They need to. This is a win now job. I'm like, they expect NCAA tournament year one, maybe year two. I get, like, as I kind of mentioned before, yes, national title, very hard to come by, not likely. I stand by that, but does it mean this program, should, the players they've gotten the past decade, they should be top three minimum every year in the conference. They should be going to NCAA tournament probably four out of five years. That should be their game. Maybe three out of five if weird stuff happens. This should be, shouldn't be a team winning, losing to every team above them in the standings. They shouldn't be this bad. They should be winning 22 minimum games minimum a year on average like expectations are there but don't bring bring to me national title expectations when's the last time they've been to the ncaa tournament was it when long kruger was here 
Yeah. Did Dave Rice take him to NCAA tournament at all? Yeah, yeah, he did. One time, I think. I don't recall, but... He, he took him in his first year, I believe. Oh, so with Long Kruger's players, who went to, what, Sweet 16 year before, right? That's why he got the Oklahoma <laughs> job? <laughs> Just saying, man. You got to look at that stuff. No, you're right. I mean, UNLV has shared... They've won one Mountain West regular season title, and it was the very first year of the conference they shared it with Utah. 20 years ago? 20 years ago. They have one conference title in 20 years. That's what you're telling me. Yes. And they're talking about national championships. Give me a break. <laughs> Find out who you are. You guys are nothing at the moment. You can't even win the, a conference? Jeez. <sighs> and, I, that, yeah. and, wait, wait, and that 20 years ago was nine years before he won the national title. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. I'm heated. Oh, man. <laughs> No, I, I, <laughs> it's a reality check is needed. I mean, come on. Like, I, okay, here's the thing. Like, who they get, like, they should still, like, I'm being serious what I just said, like, but come on. they Like I said, they should be a team that does well in the league. They should be able to get a decent-sized coach to come to town. Like, it still plays. Like I said, you, whatever you want to think of, um, oh, crap, I always forget his name. Anthony Bennett, he was still a very good college basketball player. They can bring in the players. So what do you think it is? If they could bring in this talent, I, I don't even remember why um, Brandon McCoy left. Just maybe saw it wasn't good. I don't know. They need to have guys that stay a couple years, which it's weird to see UNLV be one of the few programs that have at least two one-and-done players to pass, what, eight years whenever Bennett was gone and going to NBA draft. Like, what, what do they need to do to get close? Is it just a better coach keeping this top talent? Because they seem to get decent players. Yeah, I think just probably getting a more balanced head coach. I don't think you want to go too overboard in recruiting because yeah, you don't need to have five stars to win this league. You can win the league with three stars and good transfers. That's all you need to win the Mountain West and go to the NCAA tournament every year. Like a muscle, man. Yeah. And I think continuity, again, is just so important. UNLV has had so much roster turnover the last few years. If you can have stability within your program – and just have more of a winning culture, then I think UNLV will be successful. And I, I don't, I don't think that they need to, like, do, just be flashy with this pick with who they go with their coach. Just pick a solid guy that you can count on, who you know will be there and can do a decent job in recruiting. He can bring guys back, and just does a good job. So I don't think you need to go crazy and um be cute with picking jason kidd or like trying to make the huge splash by getting rick patino i don't know what name you want to throw out there but just just be wise with the move like you don't need this isn't a disrespect to the mountain west but you don't need to be a top 10 program nationally to win this conference and get to the tournament i mean to see what larry eustace did with colorado state i know that ended on a sour note but, or even 10 miles before him. Yeah, I mean, just gather quality Juco guys, maybe get a three-star, and you're set. Like, that's all you need. You don't need to bring in the number one overall draft pick in hopes of winning the league. And I know that doesn't mean, like, you don't want to choose the best recruits because, of course, you want to have the most talent on the floor. But you don't need to expect that you have to have this coach that's going to bring you six lottery picks every season or some just like ridiculous thing like don't that. pull a it'll be you're not Cal Bari. you're not Cal Bari. Yeah. you're not doing your tv interview today with team usa jerseys in the background and you don't need to be <laughs> that's the thing you don't need to be that to win this league and get to the ncaa tournament and, and it's not 1990 anymore and it's yeah i mean unlv can be a really solid program if they just find the right head coach have continuity within their program and just win ball games and bring good players back. That's all that really is really needed. Two things, which I think hurt Menzies quite a bit. One, the schedule was terrible, non-conference schedule. They had a couple like Cincinnati, BYU, a couple games like at the T-Mobile Arena. Their non-conference schedule is a joke. But here's what, reading the same article from Las Vegas Sun. Yes, that's what it is. So it goes back to 2016. They say it's too loyal to rosters, roster spots, which reading this, I, I can agree. But when he got hired in 2016, he had, I think, two players on scholarship. That's it. He had to bring in 11 player and 11 empty roster spots in May of 2016. Who the heck are you going to get in May of 20, in May to come to your team? And who the heck's going to be a scholarship level player? 
he gave a couple of guys scholarships who would never play, like Ben Coopit and this other name I can't say, DeGiorgi Slovakskikinen, mm-hmm. whoever they, I, that's probably way off, but they're, one of the articles like, well, maybe you shouldn't give them scholarships because they had no chance of playing, but how else are you going to get even bodies to your program if you have nobody in your team? Like, getting people Juco in May, that's pretty risky unless there's a guy who played one year and decides, oh, I'm, I'm eligible to play at the Division One level. So mm-hmm. that hurt him a lot. Maybe you shouldn't give him scholarships, but you got to get guys in town. You got to have another team to play. You're not going to have walk on trials at you at Vegas, sitting here in September when school starts. You're going to get guys who can at least play. So that doesn't help. But the schedule as well is pretty bad for the most part. And then you could two things like they won 20 games two years ago. Is it because oh bad schedule or they have talent? And this year the schedule is a little bit better. Not really. But what would have been worse, and so maybe that's right a reason for another year for him. But here's a, here's um two names I'm thinking about right now who should be seriously considered. Not kidding at all. Well, maybe one I'm kind of kidding. You got Todd Simon. He was on staff before. He's up at Southern Utah right now. Hasn't done very well at Southern Utah, so you maybe don't want that guy. <laughs> but he was the interim coach in 2016, went 9-8. and eight. So that's okay with the UNLV. And he's that's only like ninety minutes from Vegas, so he kind of recruits a somewhat similar area, but lower level talent. But you know who their number one choice should be by far? Not Rick, not Rick Pitino. And I don't. Who knows? Maybe he'll be considered, but I maybe he doesn't like Greece. That's kind of a weird spot to coach overseas. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you get a nice uh-huh. sign. You get some euros out there. You get some falafels. Come on, you get some good food out there in the Euro <laughs> League. Good to me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not bad. But Vegas can probably get the same thing. Maybe he because he's older. He might come out a. a a cheaper rate like maybe a million per year but my number one choice scott cross okay oh i like that i haven't seen that name come out much tcu assistant got job at uta i feel yeah, he, did. he did he yes he did it win the league in 2012 or not 2012 what was it um sorry 2017 um when they were in the Sun Belt, where they should have gotten into tournaments got fired after four straight 21 seasons He's now an assistant at TCU who didn't TCU just make the tournament as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. So why not go for him? That's a guy who you want exciting basketball. I've seen UTA play a bit when they had to play BYU and NIT, crush them. And he did good things at a low level, lower level program. From He went from Southland, spent the one year in the WAC, was at the Sun Belt, always doing reasonably well. Had a couple down years. And their expectations seem way too high at UTA when like we need NCAA tournament bids. Like, dude, you're in the Sun Belt. You got to win or go home. That's all you can do, right? Yeah. You're not getting an at-large bid. Yeah, don't lose in the conference tournament. But when you're, I think their best player got injured and couldn't play in like the semis or whatever they lost. But like, why not go for Scott Cross? I'm just saying. I I don't remember. I, and I know they're going to say bring in Mick Cronin. Like Mick Cronin's not living in Cincinnati. Like, well, his kids graduated high school. I'm like, who cares? He's probably not coming. <laughs> Like, like I'm not serious. Go for a name that's it's not a super splashy hire, but if you're a basketball guy who knows what they've done, why not go reach out to Scott Cross? Yeah, no, I, I like that name. And I've read a lot of articles on the potential candidates. I haven't seen the name come up once, which is kind of interesting. What names but, have you seen? Um, like I have seen Jason Kidd. Ugh. I've seen Rick Pitino. Ugh, come on, uh, Tyron Lou. Give me a realistic name. Come on. <laughs> I mean, those are the names that, are, that have come up. Uh, even Leon Rice I've seen come up, which is also mm, kind of odd. Nah, uh, so. Justin Hudson, Eric Musselman as well. What is, what is this? Come on. That, it, hey, that's that's what I've read from, like, legit are writers. Those, so, are those names that could be considered or names that are like, actually connected? Names that have been con- uh, considered, I guess. I don't know how you want to define those two words. But. Well, you know what I mean? It's like, have they been, I know they've been talking, but it's like, here's a, who I think who would make a good fit because of A, B, or C. I don't know. I, if, you're, if, you're, if you're realistic with me, I'd say the only name that's seriously considered at the moment is Rick Pitino because he actually talked to people in Vegas on the radio and stuff. And the AD didn't say no about it a couple months ago. They just chatted about it and didn't give a good answer or a definitive answer. So, what is this coaching talk? I'm getting heated here. I'm talking about the hoops. They're gonna <laughs> I, hate. I would, they're gonna you know, hate. I would be. I would be pleased if UNLV hired Scott Cross. I think. I. I mean, getting fired from UT Arlington with what he did makes zero sense. But then the way he rebounded to pick up the TCU assistant coaching job just shows what. Or where he stands in terms of coaching ranks, um, and it's not super splashy, but everyone knows that this guy can coach and he's Points. brought talent to his program, so. I'd, I'd like that, and I think there are probably other 
handful of names that are probably in that same realm where they had success at a mid-major program, probably got hired to a power conference assistant coaching staff and are now looking for that, you know, solid first head coaching gig or, or first major conference head coaching gig. So I think UNLV probably has a lot of options, but I do think that they probably – uh, shrunk the potential list of candidates that they could, they could potentially have because of what they did to Menzies and essentially only gave him about 70 games to show his worth. If that, because you're one of them. Like I mentioned, you got to bring in 11 guys to fill out your roster. Yeah. That's nobody. It's like year zero, essentially. Uh, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll probably have more podcasts. We'll see if it's like the New Mexico hire because that was a wild ride too a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. That was bro- during same, – was it the same time with Jeff Graham or during the Mountain West tournament? Or was it – no. Final Four weekend, that's what it was, During right? Final Four, yeah. That's right, the, co- the largest coaching convention ever. So if we're going to see any sort of hire, that could be a weekend that happens. And I think yeah. if I remember with that, it's because I mentioned the April 1st uh, deadline for the uh, contract buyouts. That's kind of the new year. So if you're going to make a move, it might be right after that first of the year, or first of the first of April. <laughs> but that could, that could be a move. Um, I'll say this about this job. Out of any job that's not in a power conference, like consider Big East, this job's probably... I'd say it's equi- equivalent to probably any Big East job or below. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Maybe an A10 job. Like, would you say VC? Just hypothetical VCU or UNLV? UNLV. You do by lotter. Yeah, I would say so. What about Cincinnati? Um, I'd probably still go UNLV. Oh, interesting. So you're so you're telling me that Mick Cronin's coming to town? <laughs> <laughs> no. And oh gosh, I, I don't want that. I'm not the biggest McCarthy fan. Uh, um, can we, we need to get Jimmy Kimmel's endorsement. Of who he wants to go from there? <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting which names pop up. I think UNLV is probably going to try to shoot for some of these long shots that will come up way short, and it's it'll be a bit of a reality check. But. Hopefully they end up with a coach that can do a good job and just get, starts to gather some wins. Serious question. I know people are going to say no. You're probably going to laugh at me. Steve Alford. <laughs> uh, you know, that's another name that has come up on these candidate mm-hmm. lists, actually. Yeah, so, I've seen it. I chuckle. I don't, but... I don't know if that's crazy. I don't know if that is as crazy as people think. Okay. All right, let's get to tournament. NCAA tournament stuff. We spent too much time talking to UNLV and me getting heated. Man, still, <laughs> that was, that was great. I didn't realize that, man. 19, energy. 1999. Whew. All right, so let's get to NCAA tournaments. Utah State is an eight seed, taking on your familiar, your home school, Washington Huskies, nine seed. Never heard of them. Never, never heard of Okay, which one? Which team? <laughs> <laughs> and they, I, I'm so upset. I wanted either or both these teams to be in Salt Lake City, but that's not happening. <sighs> oh, well. Shame. Whatever. I, I can't get everything, right? I can't. Do, but. They're taking on Washington, who lost to um, Oregon, right, in the conference title game? Yep. Yeah, they failed to show up again against Oregon for the second time in a week. Um, but also, this game, really quick, it's a one-and-a-half-point favorite for the Aggies. That's pretty good. Uh, and uh, they're playing out in Columbus. They play Friday. They're getting a pretty good time slot, too. They're on, I think, TNT at – shoot, I had the times in front of me. I think it's 3.50 Pacific. I th- yeah, I think it's at first um, window of the evening games. Yeah. <laughs> so they got that going on. Um, they play in the Midwest. Uh, also, this is the time. Follow True TV's Twitter account if you're not. They're yeah, already, that's right. They already got back at me once. I'm like, here's Snark time. But it's not Snark. We're here to educate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. So, yeah, just um, they said something like, it's always fun. They're like, Snark, no Snark here. Just patience. An endless supply of patience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so there's games on True TV if you want to find out. But they're on TNT. And then you have Nevada. Yes, Nevada. That's the correct way to say it, not Nevada. Nevada's taken on a seven seed. Is that about right? I think we kind of touched on it earlier. Is that reasonable for you, seven seed? Yeah, I I think so. It's it's disappointing that that's where Nevada ended up because of where they could have been as recent as a month or so ago. But I think where their resume was um, in terms of selection Sunday, I think this is probably the fair seed. Uh, maybe if they would have ran the table, they could have possibly bumped up to that final six but i would have doubted it they are taking out number 10 florida which i love this matchup nothing to do with basketball but you know our, our brain our nevada writer brandon resides that's right and i believe his i believe went to the university you know, university of florida guy take on nevada 
So, yeah, so we've got two, both of the Mountain West teams taking on teams that have ties with their own writer staff. Wait, what's, so, the, other, what's the other one? With, with mine and with Washington. Oh, Washington, yeah. So yeah. there we go. So it's like, hey, you should uh, go head up to practice one day this week and see what's going That's on. Right. Take off. That's right. Um, so Nevada is also a favorite. They're two and a half point favorite. Really quick, this is interesting too. I, I wonder if this is correct on the CBS. They have like the, the little eye for the info of teams. They have like net rating, 29, or excuse me, 23 Nevada. 19 RPI, SOS, 111. Oof, that's got to change. Rebounds per game, there must be an error because it says 2.6 for Nevada and 3.1 for Florida. Huh? Rebounds per game. <laughs> or are they shooting the lights out? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. Like, why, That's not the correct stat on there because they go on another team. Every rebound per game is like un, like a single-digit number. Oh, some intern's going to get fired. You sure it's not 26 per game or 27? <laughs> I mean, actually, would make match, a lot more sense. match a breakdown by Google Cloud. So, ooh, yeah, somebody getting axed at Alphabet over there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what, what's our first thought? Today? Oh, that game we should mention. Um, it's uh, March twenty first. That's a Friday game, right? Uh, yeah, the Utah State games on Friday, Nevada games on Thursday. Oh, sorry, Thursday. It's also TNT same three fifty Pacific. That's a pretty nice time slot. You get that early evening, folks. Um, yeah, exact same channel, exact same. Uh, wait, are they both in Columbus? Uh, no Tulsa, that's right. Never mind, we discussed that. Oh yeah, that's right. That's I forget right. the channels. It, it's got to be hard to be broadcast though. You think just a little bit, like okay, this game's on TNT, this game's on True TV, and you're not leaving location. Just kind of the yeah, it's, yeah. No, I get confused. A little that's bit. Times. They're pros, but it's like the hard live club basketball game. But that would be a bit a uh, little, just a little tricky. Get the right mic flag on there. You don't want to be the intern who screws that up. <laughs> that's right. You're on True TV, um, Reggie Miller over here. Um, Chris Weber, you're on TNT. Go at it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, man. So what are you seeing Washington a bit? You, you're more familiar. What do you think? How do you think that matchup is for the Aggies and the Huskies? I, if I'm a Washington fan, I'm not pleased with this matchup. I think Utah State definitely has the upper hand um, with how they match up with Washington. My main concern uh, is how do I even speak on this? Because I'm usually – when I'm speaking about Washington, I'm usually speaking from their perspective. That's fine. Uh, I, so at least in terms of Utah State – when you look at Washington, they're a very good defensive team. They play a 2-3 zone. Their head coach is Mike Hopkins, who was uh, the disciple of uh, Jim Beheim for a long time with Syracuse. He was kind of what Brian Dutcher was to Steve Fisher in terms of that under under his wing. Uh, Washington plays great defense. Again, they, they do force some turnovers. Their best player is Matisse Thibel, who's their wing. He can shoot a little bit. Awesome defender. The huge matchup that I'm watching in in terms of this game is how Namias Keda will play against Noah Dickerson. Noah Dickerson is Washington's five, but he's a bit undersized. He's six foot eight, two forty, so about the same weight as Keda, but he gives up three inches to Keda. Hmm. And as good of a player as Dickerson is, I just don't think that he can handle Keda. He's not very physical. I sp- he's doesn't always chase after the loose balls. He can get pushed around, and and Kada is just opposite of that. He's a scrapper. He can reject shots. Just really, really physical down low. So I think Dickerson has to really show up if Washington wants to win this game, uh, because Washington can go cold. And their two games against Oregon over the last week, they scored an average of forty-seven and a half points. So uh, they scored 47 at home against Oregon in the Yikes. regular season finale. They scored 48 on Saturday in the Pac-12 title game. So they can get really hot and cold with their shooting. And Utah State's been good defensively. And both of these teams are training in different directions as well. Utah State's playing as good as they have all year. Washington really sputtered down the stretch. So uh, I do like Utah State's chances in this one. Interesting. That should be good. If they win, they take on North Carolina, most likely. That's right. They get Iona Gale, who I'm familiar with. But uh, sorry, but Gales, you're not going to get that victory. <laughs> you're not having your main guy. Oh, no, that's uh, they. That's good for them. They got what four or six MAC titles, but hey, at least at least Utah State's not taking on Zion in round two. That's right. Yeah. So the, I read a couple places like New York Post say this is the group of death for Utah State that region of Midwest because you have Auburn who just won the. Uh, you know, SEC championship. New Mexico State's a pretty good whack team. They're a 12 seed. You also have, uh, who are they all mentioning here? Houston's probably should be higher than three seed. Kentucky, who, hey, they could, they're pretty good, right? I've heard of them. They've done some <laughs> decent things. You even got like uh, Seton Hall, probably not 10 seed, taking on the Wolford at seven. So 
How did let me ask you this? How does this Wolford Seton Hall get to CBS matchup in like prime time? Yeah, it's a good matchup. I think a lot of people are curious about about Wofford and their team because they can shoot the basketball so so well. That's an exciting team. And then Seton Hall has been playing really well of late too. Yeah, just the record according to the CBS thing, Wolford one point six rebounds per game. <laughs> oh man, yeah, they might have to step up that number a little bit. And then the other game, we'll talk about these later: Florida and. Um, Nevada. We'll see. I think part of it, if Caroline's healthy, that's a big deal. Florida out in the SEC, who's SEC's got Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, actually, honestly, or just not honestly, but just won the conference tournament. Florida, I don't know too much about Florida, so I don't want to talk in circles about the moment, but here's what Google Cloud from CBS has to say. Florida has lost five non-conference games, then lost nine more in SEC, but strong computer numbers combined with wins over LSU, <laughs> interesting coaching thing, and L. Ole Miss were enough to keep the Gators on the bubble. And then they did enough in the SEC tournament to secure the bid to NCAA tournament. It's Florida's third straight trip to the tournament. The Gators have advanced in the bracket each of the past two seasons. So that told you nothing. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Except they were what barely had a winning record in SEC play and were 19 and 15. And they play a tough schedule. They do not score. If I'm honestly going off this game a little bit, if Nevada can put up what they typically score, like they're about 80 a game. They're gonna. They, they might run the Florida, run off the gym of Florida in this matchup. I, think, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see it being a blowout. But I mean, Florida has a tough time scoring the basketball. That's my point. If it gets above sixty-five yeah. points, or if it gets above say seventy or oh, seventy-five plus, Florida's not winning. Florida's gonna win if they can keep it under seventy points. Yeah, and I think Nevada has to take care of the basketball because that's something mm-hmm. that Florida does well. They do force turnovers. Um, they won't be great on the boards necessarily. So. Uh, that does help Nevada out a little bit because they aren't too huge, uh, at least in terms of the in the post, but minus Trey Porter. So I think it, it's another one of those coin flip matchups. I don't know if I had to pick for money wh- which team I would go with. Obviously, Nevada's favored slightly. Ken Palm just gives the Wolfpack a 51 per- 51% chance of winning this game, so it's very much a toss-up. I think... I think Nevada, statistically, I like how they look compared to Florida's numbers because Florida isn't really exceptional in any facet necessarily. And Nevada, a pretty good shooting team. They they take care of the basketball for the most part. So it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And, and Florida isn't too huge either. They don't have any big bruisers, any like Joakim Noahs or anything like that. So um, it, it's it's definitely one of the more intriguing matchups of the first round, that's for sure. So who do you give a better chance of making the second weekend? Nevada. I thought you. I thought you'd ask me that. I know it's coming, and we know the answer is going to be Nevada, right? I'm going Utah State. Re- they're going to beat North Carolina. What? Oh, oh, to get the second weekend, See, I thought you meant the first game. No, second. Oh, I guess I'm jumping ahead. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, oh. we'll pick. We'll get picks later specifically. Uh-huh. Uh, no, Sweet Sixteen. Does oh, Utah okay. State have yeah. any chance to beat North Carolina? Um, not zero. Not really? <laughs> not really. No. But they? If does like Nevada have any chance of beating Michigan? I I'd, don't think so. I'd give that a better chance than Utah State winning. We see Michigan be a little iffy here and now, here and then, right? I, I don't know. I think that's pretty close. I, I I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's a huge difference, but if I'm giving any edge or difference, I would think a couple of reasons. Nevada's been there before. Sweet 16 last year made it pretty a pretty far run. Second most experienced team in college hoops. Good yep. coach, so I that's my that's out all. But then again, we've seen Nevada play the past couple weeks. This will be the toughest game. Honestly, actually, Florida might be their toughest game they faced all year until if they win and play Michigan. But I'm just saying, if I'm, I had to pick the two, I'd pick Nevada. If okay, so if I had to choose the team that has a better chance of winning the first round, I'd go Utah State. A better chance of getting to the Sweet Sixteen, I'd probably go Nevada. Interesting. Really quick here, I'm over at 538, which is a great resource. They have the live bracket per round. So they have um, Nevada, 58% chance of beating Florida, 18% chance of making to the Sweet 16, which still comes into play, Michigan or Montana. Obviously, it's not one or the other. And then if I go to the other bracket, as I move my little uh, recording player here, where's Utah State at? I thought they were the top right bracket. Uh, Come on. Midwest. Where are you at, Midwest. Uh, only 50... I think that's the bottom right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I must have looked at it wrong. 51% to beat Washington, 7% to beat UNC. Or not beat UNC, but make it to the second weekend. Okay. Yeah. So, it's close. It's I, I, I really wanted one of these teams, Nevada, to be a six seed. 
Because it, it would have been a much easier easier path. Yeah. Because if you look at it, just let's go to Buffalo. They're fairly comparable. They're still only given a fifty nine percent chance to beat St. John's or ASU, Arizona State, but they're given a quarter chance to make it to the regional semifinal. Against a really good Texas Tech team too. Yeah, Chris Beard most likely, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. let me say we're familiar with that name, yeah. Chris Beard. That's right. That's <laughs> Always right. back to UNLV. So um I guess we'll make our, our official picks next week, but or next week not next week, but a couple days. Um so if you want to check out the site, we're going to have a lot of, obviously, NCAA tournament stuff. No other tournament to focus on. So we got all eyes on NCAA tournaments. We'll have some previews. We'll get the tip times because how to watch these games because, again, you get True TV. Both these games are on TNT, but we want to cover for the whole tournament. CBS, everything going on. Um, also, real quick, have you heard of the, on True TV, which you'll see promote promos probably for this show? Have you ever heard of the show I'm Sorry at all? I have not. Mm-mm. Your homework is to watch that show. Okay. Do you ever watch Veep at all? Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, it's a okay. Second second exercise, finish Veep or get it caught up with okay, it. But okay, okay. it's like the fast paced type thing. I'm sorry, it's kind of like that, but it is hilarious. Okay. Just so right. if you have True TV, folks, you'll see Impractical Jokers probably the probably Carbon Hour effect, whatever those shows are. But if you see an I'm Sorry promo, season two's wrapping up. Well worth your time to detox from hoops come April. <laughs> so we'll man, be... I'm not done yet though. I, I I still have to get the rest of my college basketball fix in. I know, I'm just I'm saying April. Come on, April. <laughs> All right. What's after that? I know there's always something going on, but I'm just saying you have some some more downtime, right? Yeah, I would say so. So here's what we're doing. We're doing a podcast. To, I guess we're deciding Tuesday morning. Is that right? Yeah, it sounds good. We'll do our official previews picks um, for the show. We may do our final four picks. Might as well. Um, we'll have we'll talk with our buddy Brandon. We'll probably do some Q and A's with the opposing teams. Um, we'll have some fun with it. Um, well, we're gonna make a bracket during the show, Eli. As I complained before, I cannot get my bracket my bracket to work to make a group for our team or for our site. I have a bracket set up. I'll be tweeting it out pro- by the time you hear this. It'll be out on the website, Twitter, MWCY, or Facebook. If you ever check out that kind of ghost land a little bit, we're still hanging out on Facebook. <laughs> your grandma's over there tell them like our page i guess (laughs) but it's with usa today it's going to be called mountain west wire i think it's going to be a private group i gotta figure i'm not i'm in process yeah private group so what it's going to be if anybody's ever used real-time brackets i used it before but it was kind of weird at the beginning so what it is it's going to be fun because the normal bracket is kind of lame right can be lame can be only if you're bad at it sure what are you saying you're good at it eli I I would say I'm decent at brackets, yeah. But here's what we're doing. It's going to be one bracket, and you can you can do what I do. I, I don't know if how if I, how deep I'll get into this if I have time or if I remember. Fill out your bracket as normal. Pick your teams, Final Four, whatever tiebreaker questions it asks. There's going to be a leaderboard for that. Then there's another way, because it's called real-time bracket. You can change your pick, not just round by round, but as the games progress. So if you see, oh, crap, eight minutes left, I picked... Florida to beat Nevada. I better switch my pick to Nevada. You could do that. Consequence, though, you lose points because it's uh, mm. because let's say or let's just say a team's up by twenty five points with four minutes left. You make the pick. You're probably you're not getting very many points. That's kind of interesting. It is, but then they're also going to keep track of your initial picks. So it's two ways. Like I said, your your picks from day one from when your bracket brackets locked. There's one bracket, and then the other bracket you can switch as you go along. Okay. I've never. I've done it once. But I'm, if I'm correct on this, it's basically I think a new bracket every round essentially, and you can also pick three games. So let's just say you pick Nevada to win like four, three games. Like, oh, I'm a Nevada fan. I'm gonna be fun and say, <laughs> like we had somebody tweet us Nevada over Utah State for the national title game. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. So let's just say you do that and go crazy. Oh crap! Nevada loses round one. Utah State loses to North Carolina round two or whatever. But you had those teams going far. I haven't done enough research, but I'm assuming it's a you can make a new pick every any chance you get. Hmm. So okay. look at it, make your first bracket. Then if you have time, if you're at work not working, make some changes, make some picks. You're at school not listening to your professor, whatever it may be. Um, <laughs> look at you, Eli. Who knows if depending <laughs> yeah. what games are during the morning. You got hey the, now, hey. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, you got the you got the small window up in the corner. That's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> But it'll be fun, and we'll we'll get hopefully get some people to hop up and join and sign up. So it's over at USA Today because hey, we're part of USA Today. So check that out. Also, a quick another quick note. I, we I guess USA Today or not a guest. They have a new website, sportsbookwire.com. That's pretty new. So I've been perusing that today. 
So you could check out um, Eli. Would you put plus five hundred for Nevada to make the Final Four? Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. I put ten dollars on Seton Hall to win the national title. So how what, what were those odds? A thousand to what? <laughs> and they were what ten seed? Yeah. Hey, Loyola Chicago, eleven seed last year, Final Four. That's right. Hey, uh, dinner on me. Ham dinner on me. Ah no, jeez. <laughs> We're not getting into that, but <laughs> oh man! But this this odds aren't that bad. They're actually pretty. Those are actually probably too high of odds because this is just to make the final four. Michigan's only plus two fifty. Hmm. They have Texas Tech. Kansas is actually getting plus six hundred. Also, one game to note: LSU versus Yale. The only reason I mentioned that because you've heard about the college admission scandal, right? Yeah. Yale's a big part of that. Then you got Wade. LSU suspended for the FBI wiretap. Hmm. Just saying, that's gonna be the just just some subplots in that game. I'm telling you right now, Yale is winning that game. I would not disagree with you. Yale's winning that game. Is that a thir- 13 or 14? That's a 14. I already have it locked in my bracket. Here's where we're gonna do is why I just thought of it now because it's fun. I need to do a bracket, which I'll probably do Monday. Also, shout out, go listen to CBS Sports Basketball Podcasts. They'll be really good. Gary Parish, Matt Norlander, very good this time of year because that's like one of the few times to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen throughout when there's they do a good job FBI explanation other random stuff I'll tune in here or there not a religious basketball listener to their show like throughout the year but I'll listen probably at least once or twice a month when they do like three weeks so that's a decent amount I guess uh, check them out but I, I think we should do this you know, we should do a pick or have everybody do a pick or maybe something with our staff where as I'm putting assignments out left and right we should just do a, our picks of like what's our upsets for all these rounds and just make one big fun post with like here's the upsets you should definitely not listen to yeah, I like that. I like that. We'll, we'll do we something do like that. that, but we've gone far too long. We've gone over an hour tonight, so wrap it up here. We'll be back Tuesday to chat about um, actual games, not me ranting on Vegas hoop because whew, that, was, that was something else. <laughs> that, that was some energy, Jeremy. I haven't seen that in a while but, on this but, show. But I'm not wrong, am I? No, you're not. It's just it was fun. I liked it. I didn't realize it was that long because <laughs> who cares about home court advantage? They don't win a conference tournament anyways. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All right, that's your tonight. MWR.com. Check us out there. We'll be back Tuesday.